going on, everybody? This is Driven Minds with um, Travis Weeks. It's Franz Bowen. And uh, we got the homie Gabriel in the house. Um, Gabriel, I'm going to tell you how I ran into Gabriel, how I even know Gabriel. Gabriel, um, um, I work with uh, Fab, who's a DJ, marketing coordinator. Shout out uh, Young Fab Rock. Definitely shout out Fab Rock. And uh, um, she, she, we worked together on a couple of events. And only that, she, um, she DJ uh, my last, our Driven Society's last summit, Impact Culture. And um, she introduced me to a manager, Gabriel. And then from there on, I did my research. Um, Gabriel runs a marketing agency. He's been grinding for years. He sets up um, um, brand partnerships, brand strategy. So uh, he's somebody who I definitely wanted to have on. So thank you for coming on, bro. Thank you for having me. I feel like this is a, partially it's about me, partially it's about pushing fad too. So I feel like <laughs> both of us are essentially here. But I, mean, I, think, I think it's good though. I mean, yeah. So I mean, well, I got um, introduced to you guys by way of fab and an event she did for you guys. And um, and then you came out and supported her when she was at Gap. Oh yeah, that's right. That's at right. Gap, so that's why I ran into you. And that's when we were actually really able to, to connect then. Absolutely. But Gap, did, uh, Fab did a, uh, like an in-house thing for Gap one time. Uh, I guess probably like four, four months ago, I guess now. Yeah, about that. Yeah, it's probably about four. Yeah, it's about kind of like June or July-ish. But um, for Gap, and she DJed in the store on like 47th Street. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so she did that, and then that's when we were able to connect, and we you know stayed in touch. And I saw that you guys were doing the podcast. My first time doing a podcast was actually for Fab's podcast, um, the Last Call. Okay. Last Call. Yeah, yeah Last. How call. was that? That was cool. It was dope, and that was my first time doing that, and that was actually about entrepreneurship. Right. And I was like, you know what? Like, I want to get out here and then keep talking, right. essentially right. about entrepreneurship and and what it takes to be an entrepreneur, because I think. One of the things that got us into it was uh, Fab ends up, and for you guys too, Fab ends up DJing a lot of panels for some reason. And so she DJs panels, and the thing, one of the things I have, my biggest like pet peeve about panels is a lot of times people get on these panels and they essentially lie to the people. You know, their stories are too... luck oriented right, that it's like right. nobody can recreate exactly. what the hell you went through it's like yo my cousin's baby father just happened to be and then I came through with the position and, da, 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 and, and now we lit right and then and then it's like this is not a knock to anybody right if you get that lucky that's great but for the most part most of us aren't going to see that kind of luck and I think um, you know, like one of the stories, and Fab, like I told this story on the last call, and I think, you know, Fab and I talk about it all the time. Like, there was this woman that was on this panel, and she was like, Yeah, I went to the, I went to a panel, and she was like, Yeah, like I saw this guy that was on the panel, he was the CEO or some shit, and I went there and I left. And she's like, Something told me before I walked out the door, something told me to go back and talk to this guy. She goes back to talk to the CEO. This CEO leaves his job, starts a company with her, and then now she's just straight. And just I was like, like okay. Oh and I'm just like, no. Like, I was just like, oh, yeah, that story's nice, exactly. but it's not going to happen. I'm just trying to awkwardly get a card off you. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Can I email you tomorrow? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, just left his job to, do, to, do, to start another company with her. And I was like... Yeah, like that's one in a million times. So I was like, that's not gonna happen. That's like a little bit of false hope you're giving people. In the right, and that's and that's my biggest problem with yeah. with panels and like just people's mindset towards entrepreneurship because, um, you know, and I guess in your last episode with Anthony, um, you know, you guys spoke about what he spoke about was just the idea of you never know who you're speaking to, 
And I think the biggest thing, and one of the quotes he said too, is that when you know something's going to be hard, it becomes easy. Mm-hmm. And I love that because I think that what it comes down to is that you can go a lot further when you know what you're getting into. And I think a lot of times people don't talk about the hardships of getting from starting out with nothing to going somewhere. Right. You know what I mean? And you can, everybody skips over all those hardships, all the fact that like people don't hold up to their contracts, um, finding a good lawyer, doing all these other things. And yeah. it's like, nobody wants to tell you those things. And my thing is like, I feel like I can at least share some of my experiences to help the people that are thinking about getting into entrepreneurship so that they know what's coming because a lot of people, like a lot of us are going through the same shit but nobody wants to talk about it. Mm. Everybody wants to front like everything is great but no actuality is like, no. not really, so. And it's, that's one thing to do. People get, you know, they think uh, entrepreneurship is sexy and it isn't in a certain sense but they don't know really the full grind you gotta go in. Like, entrepreneurs are people who really decide to work 80 hours a week to make that one dollar that you're gonna have to just you know, clock in for, you know what I'm saying? So we we really yeah. want to go an extra mile, but even even to go back to who you are, bro, right. like, um, <laughs> right. um, before I even knew um, you started managing Fab or whatnot, before I even knew that, I actually saw you through your social media, like, right. probably, almost probably, like, probably some years, and I always thought, like, yo, this guy, whatever he does, is dope. Like, I didn't know exactly. I knew it was brand partnerships because I always right. seen you in the coolest space, space spaces. Right, right. Either you were adding some type of contribution to whatever dope event, and I'm like, yo, what this guy is, d- does is dope. Like, I think, um, your company. Can you say the name of your company? Right. So exactly my company is my company is Private Party, P R V T space P R T Y. So no vowels for the most part. Um, and I started Private Party in 20, 2016, so I started in 2013. Mm-hmm. And the whole concept behind Private Party was I essentially wanted to create a brand where I could help artists put their art on the biggest platform possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I originally wanted to start out doing it in, you know, I was sitting down and I was thinking like, I was like, all right, how can I get artists the biggest opportunity possible to be seen everywhere. It's like, okay, you could put your stuff in an art gallery, but the art gallery is only open to the people in that neighborhood, in that city, in that time. So you're only seeing a certain amount of people. So I'm like, what's the biggest platform we can use to showcase somebody's art? And that's why I was like, well, let's go to the internet. So our very first campaign was with Two Dope Boys, which is a hip hop uh, website. So with Two Dope Boys, I came up with this concept where I wanted to kind of turn the tables. And the whole concept of, well, the name of the campaign was the Thank You to Dope Boys campaign. Because I feel like as a, as a blogger, all you get are people asking you yeah, for yeah, shit. Yeah. Everybody yeah. just wants something. The only reason I'm getting in touch with you is because I want you to post my shit. Like, that's all right. right. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> you get 50 emails. Right, right. right. It's like you yeah. want 150 emails every day and people only want some shit from you. Right. So I'm like, okay, let's turn the tables around. Like, let's create a platform where we can allow the fans and the artists to say thank you to the two dudes that run that run the site. Okay. So from it's there, like yeah, like uh, Mecca and Shake. And Shake right. is on the West Coast and Mecca's here and he like DJs around New York and yeah. a whole bunch of different shit. But um, we did the whole Thank You to Dope Boys campaign and I forgot what the exact premise of it was, but I know we just basically wanted to, oh, so we got a bunch of, we got uh, unreleased tracks from a bunch of different artists um, that had been on two dope boys over the years. And then for the artists that were like too big, the like schoolboy Q's and Kendrick and like Joel Ortiz and shit, like we knew we weren't getting like unreleased records from them. Yeah, so we're like, okay, how can we 
uh, kind of incorporate these guys without hitting up TDE and being like, can we get a track? Right. And so what we did was we brought on these DJs. So I was like, all right, this is hip hop. Like, let's bring, let's incorporate these DJs. And the DJs we brought on were this group called Electric Bodega. And Electric mm-hmm. Bodega had already had, I forgot what the remix was. They had a remix of something. Um, I think it was Bodega Band's record. Um, this was like maybe three years ago. But they had they had a um, remix of one of Bodega Band's records on Hot 97. So I'm like, yo, let me get these dudes up. I'm like, I know they, they're not going to want to do nothing. Because I was like, they're already on Hot 97. They're not trying to do shit. Right. So I hit them up. They was like, yo, we be down. We try to build our brand right now. Like, this would be dope for us. So we ended up getting them to do uh, to do remixes of five different records. So we did a record from like an up and coming artist, and then uh, one of the remixes. And then we ended up dropping like fifteen different records. And then we had a party at Webster Hall at the end of the the end of that week, I think. But then it snowed, so it was like it didn't even end up being it didn't even end up being that great. And that's why I was like, I'm out of this party business. <laughs> that's not my thing. I'm done. So um, either way, the whole point was that I wanted. That's where we started. And, the, and I think um, we did a good job at it. I think um, the, one of the records we put out with Electric Bodega through that campaign has surpassed over 1.5 million plays on YouTube oh, wow. and yeah. a million plays on SoundCloud. Right. So um, that did really well. And I was like, all right, clearly I know what the fuck I'm doing. Let's keep running with this shit. Whoa. So from there, just kept running with it, um, doing a bunch of different campaigns and, and trying to work with a bunch of different people, people who were... Um, a lot of different walks of life and then that ended up um, getting me to a place where I ended up working on Kanye's Yeezy season 3 so that was at the beginning of this year yeah February so the beginning of, of this year worked on that uh, you know not too heavy like I'm not Virgil no, no, the garden. at the garden right so I was like I'm not Virgil right. but I was like but at the same time I was like we still worked on that which was dope and that was good to have on my resume that like, yeah I just worked with Kanye so Let's keep it moving, you know. And then from there, we had music, rock nation, and a bunch of other shit. It's like, well, if you work with Kanye, then clearly you're doing something. Right. You're doing something right. So um, from there, then that started turning, getting back into management and, and working more. So started working with uh, managing influencers. So I started managing influencers for a little while, and then that's where I found Fab when I was managing an influencer. And I saw Fab, and she was like, "Yeah, like I'm trying to get into DJing." And she was like, I don't really, like, she's like, I'm just trying to work. And I was like, all right, cool, well, whatever. And I remember I met with her like three times. And I was kind of on the fence. I was like, I don't know, whatever. And I told her, I was like, I was, I'm like, uh, I don't know. I was like, it's going to take some work, whatever. And then I was like, you know what? Like, working with Fab was the best choice I made because nice. a lot of times when you work with bigger people, bigger people aren't as open to new ideas. Right. Whereas Fab was like, fuck it. Like, I'm just getting into the DJ shit. She's like, fuck it. Like, whatever you're trying to do. I'm down with like let's go let's try let's do it whatever and it's been working so it's it's been good but I mean I think I want to take a step back a little bit and tell y'all more about my background I um actually started producing music in eighth grade I started making beats and I went to high school started lunch table or pro two no free loops okay (laughs) and this is in eighth grade this after through the wire so this was this like how like everything is kind of come like Mm -hmm. full circle. So, like, I heard through the wire, like, I always knew I loved music, but I didn't know exactly what I could contribute. Like, I knew I couldn't sing, I couldn't rap. I was like, well, what the hell am I going to do? So, then I heard Kanye come out, and he came out through the wire, and he had the soulful sample. So, I'm like, yo, like, I grew up on a lot of these songs. Like, I, I was like, all right, production is some shit I could do. Like, I could contribute without being, you know, without, you know, I was like, all right, this is my end. I was like, look, I can do this. Right. So, then I started producing eighth grade. 
get to high school, meet this kid in, uh, what was it like? I guess it was social studies then. That's probably what they call it in high school. So it was like social studies class we had together. And it was like, yo, you produce, he raps. So they were like, yo, like, y'all should do something together. And we ended up working together. We ended up putting out like, Three, four mixtapes, some shit, right? So basically, I'm helping. De- I'm like basically developing them. Like this is in New York. This is in New York, and I'm from the Bronx. Oh, okay. So we doing this shit in high school, whatever. So by, uh, I would say probably about like 14, 15. So I'm like, we talking about like probably sophomore year now. So probably about like sophomore year, we worked together for a little while. So I was like, yo, you know what? Fuck it. Like I've always been like an honor student. So I was like, look, I know how to write. The internet started getting a little bit bigger. You started to be able to like. If you can research, you can find a lot of people's email addresses. So I'm like, fuck it. Let me just go and just start emailing people, start shopping them around for a deal. And I was like, fuck it. And so I started shopping them around for a deal. We end up getting uh, three meetings um, with Sony Universal Motown Deduction. Yo. So this is like 14, 14 15. Right. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, well, look, you can be a 15-year-old rapper, but I can't be a 15-year-old manager. Like, that shit just doesn't, just doesn't look right. So I didn't go to, the only meeting I went to was the Universal Motown one. And Universal Motown, that one was actually the best, was actually the best meeting because we met with the A&R guy, A&R, and the A&R guy is actually the dude that's probably like the closest thing to like a mentor I've had ever. So I end up, you know, we end up going meeting the A&R guy. A&R guy plays us some, you know, plays us the music. You know what I mean? He plays the music, whatever. He's like, all right, cool, whatever. Like, you know how A&R dudes be like, they don't show no emotion. Like, motherfuckers be sitting there like straight. So he takes us to his boss, and then his boss, like, literally, like, right across the hall. So plays the music again, and the boss is like, all right, cool. He's like, I like it. He told, basically told the A&R dude to stay in touch with us and help develop the rapper. Right. So I'm like, all right, bet, like whatever. So by the way of that, I end up learning the music industry because I'm up there, like going up there, meeting with him, talking to him, like learning how shit is happening. That's crazy. Bro. So then, so then around this time, Soldier Boy comes out. Soldier Boy comes out, and they're like, oh, that internet shit, it's not gonna mean nothing. Like that's not gonna mean nothing to music. That's like crazy. it's whatever. Like that's not gonna mean nothing. So then they're like, all right, whatever. Like he's a flash in the pan. It's not gonna mean nothing. Soldier Boy goes on to like. Sell so millions yeah, of records. Yeah, that MySpace. Right, and then yeah. like, right, this is MySpace time. So then he goes, then we go from there, and then so then you start getting like Mims and D4L and all these other rappers that come, what they call them, like uh, single rappers. I forgot what they call them, but like they're like um, ringtone rappers. Right. Is what they want to call them. Right, it was that time period. So then they're like, okay, well, clearly things are starting to change. And they were like, look, like clearly the also what was going out the window was the time of paying Timberland and Pharrell a million dollars and a record and a record automatically being a hit. Now they like Soulja Boy out here on Fruity Loops making making records. He just made 15 million off that one song. So now they're like, all right, cool. So they're like, look, we don't really know no producers. So they're like, you're in high school. Can you help us place beats for the albums that we're working on up here? Because they're like, look, we can give my man over here. 15,000 for a beat and that's way less than you know what I mean the whole budget everything changed yeah. so now I mean and then unfortunately the three albums that I ended up working on I feel like and I always tell people I was like I feel like I was bad luck because all the ones I worked on didn't end up coming out really? one was a Chameleon second album okay which still hasn't come out um, the second one was a DMX album and he just kept getting locked up and then the third one was Lil Wayne's Carter 3 and then he got locked up so I was like, so then I was like, you know what? I was like, well, I'm gonna go to college. And my parents were like, look, you can do whatever the hell you want to do after you get your degree. So I was like, all right, fuck it. Like, I'm just gonna go to college. Went to college. 
did that, graduated 2012, and then started private party about a year after. And even then, even while I was in college, my freshman year, I was still kind of connecting the blogs at that time to the record labels because a lot of these bloggers like the dude like you I don't know if y'all remember Ill Roots and like yeah, cool. yeah, 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 all that yeah, shit, right? right so I remember I would be talking to the dudes at Ill Roots because a lot of them dudes were dudes that wanted to work at record labels. They they originally wanted to be ARs right, right, but they didn't know how to reach the fucking record label. So I'm like, well I'm I'm on the internet. Like I'll essentially introduce the internet to the record right. labels. And the record label was looking at me like, all right, well, you're kind of that bridge between both of them. Right, right, right. I ended up, I came up with this concept in college. I remember my freshman year in my dorm room, I came up with this concept and I had the idea to start putting together uh, mixtapes essentially with one producer and one rapper because you, you didn't have that anymore. All you had was a rapper coming in and he had a beat from Timbaland, a beat from Swiss, a beat from everywhere, but nobody was just like one one rapper, one producer, we're gonna work on a project together. Right, right, exactly. Let's just work on a project together. And I did that and I actually had two double XL rated mixtapes in my life, like right, as so like, 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 we're like, like, gonna have to get to these mixtapes. Yeah, 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 because one of them, one of them was the dude that I had managed, and we sent it to the dude. And he was like, "Yo," he was like, "I can't put it in the magazine because he's like, y'all aren't really known." But he was like, "If I could break this, like, if I could formally break this project, he was like, I'll give this project a double XL." That was the first one. Then the second one was what the fuck was the dude's name? Oh man, he was a rapper from Brooklyn, and I put I put him into I put that project together. I, damn, I can't remember. So I gotta go back and look. No, he's not. He's not even. I don't even think he's rapping anymore. Like he was rapping for a little while. And he's and he did well. He's came based off your relationships you made at fourteen years old. Fourteen, fifteen years old. Yeah. Wow, bro. But here's a crazier story, which I I I forget about this a lot too. So I remember like a lot of it was just like cold calling a lot of people, like just hitting people up, be like, "Yo, I'm working with so and so blah blah." Like, can we do something? And I remember there was this one time. I don't even remember how I got in touch with him. But I hit up currency. Y'all remember yeah, currency? Yeah, so I hit up currency. Yeah, currency. Now this is but this is between this is after he left because um, he was the first artist on Young Money originally. Yeah, that's right. So he left Cash Money and he just wasn't doing shit, yeah. right? So I I hit up currency. I'm like, yo, like I'm up here. I'm up here at Universal Motown. Like I want to try to get you up here. So currency's in New York. He was staying with these two dudes and like Soho, like like Wall Street. And he was standing there and I was like, look, let's go, I'm gonna get you a meeting up at Universal Motown, like, let's see what we can, what we can do. Take him to the NR dude. And like we sitting there and he's just like out of it. Like it's like, and I was just like, fuck. Like I was like, he completely blew the meeting. Like I was just like, fuck, like he just wasn't giving us nothing. Like he was just like clearly like his business wasn't in order, his right, mom right, wasn't really there, like he was just all over the place. And I was like, fuck. And I remember as we were walking him out of the building, it was crazy because all these other people remembered him. And I'm like, how the fuck did they know him? And then I remember, I was like, oh wait, he was used cash to be on Cash Money, money. Cash Money Company, yeah. so they remember him from there, right? So either way, that same summer, he ends up meeting or running into Dame, Dame Dash, Dash, right? And then he ends up running to Dame Dash, which basically jump started the whole currency uh, that yeah. they is now. So that's when I always realized that it was like, look, everything happens for a reason. Like the currency would have went to Universal Motown, the currency that's, that's out right now, yeah, probably wouldn't would be around. Be, yeah. So I was like, everything, everything happens for a reason. But I was like, and I was like, literally like two weeks later, he ends up running into Dame, wow. and then that's when Dame got him back into it, and then that was. 
the rest is history. So, so you're, like, it's crazy. your first love was definitely the music business. Almost definitely. I mean, it was definitely, definitely music. And I think from there, it was tough because you got into, oh, yeah. So freshman year, the rapper I was working with, he was like, yeah, so I don't want to rap anymore. I want to go into politics. And I was like, well, I can't make you rap. I mean, if he's trying to run in 2016, we'll take him right now. (laughs) (laughs) We're both both really smart. So it's like, look, I can't knock you for wanting to go and like live your life. You know what I mean? Like that's not. So but then it made me feel some kind of way because I was like, I hate the fact that it's like as a manager, your whole life revolves on somebody else's decision like if fab decides to quit tomorrow yeah like then it's like well what the fuck like it's like everything we just been working on what are we going to do but it's like but it's different it's different when you're 18 and we 20 something now hey. exactly so that's where it's, it's a little different i, I do want to i do want to ask you a question yeah. though um because you you said a lot of a lot of things that that, that sparked my interest you were saying that at 14 years old um, you have you have this talent in your hands, right? And you want to be able to connect this talent to the world, right? So you say, "I have skills. I can write." So you right. start sending out emails, emails. emails. Yeah, I mean, I still do that shit to this day. Then, then, right. but, this, but this is without coaching, right? And then you, right. Start, right. Then you, you talk about you know you're making cold calls, like right. a lot of people don't know that like I know seasoned sales veterans that hate making cold calls that hate writing those emails and not because it's uncomfortable they're just like afraid to like uh, people aren't comfortable fear of rejection exactly that that fear of rejection is right. real right Wait, how how did you did you deal with that or is were you just always like you know fuck it I'm just gonna you know balls to the wall um this is what I'm doing. I mean, I think ironically, I think I have that fear now. And I didn't have it then. Like I was as a 14, 15 year old, I didn't give a fuck. Like I was like, yo, I'm on the internet. First of all, I'm like, I'm on the internet. I'm writing y'all fucking emails. I can change my email account and email y'all again. Like that's how much I didn't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like I was like, fuck it. Like I believe in the music. Fuck it, let's do it. Like we're gonna get somewhere. Like we and we that mentality works, so when you try to get some shit done. Yeah, no, it works. And I think now it's different because I think people get, I think as I get older, you kind of figure, you kind of feel like everything is finite. You know what I mean? When you're 14, you kind of like, yo, I got my whole life ahead of me. Yeah, okay. right. like, I, could, I could drop shit right now and we go through something right, else. Bro. Now I'm 26 and right. I'm sitting here like, well, it's like you feel like every move you make got to be the right move and you overthink it. Like you were talking about overthinking in episode 10 and it's like, but you overthink mm-hmm. and that's when shit starts to hit the fan plus the other thing too is that I was like I was 15 I can't get in a club I'm not gonna run into these people now now I'm like I'm 26 and given I, I run a brand where I'm not the face of the brand you know what I'm saying like the penny that's the logo is the face of the brand like there have been times when I, I've given people my car or whatever and I'll meet them again and like I always know who's in there like if there's anybody that I know like that's one of my tricks that I'll give the people is like if there's any Anywhere I'm trying to go, not necessarily a specific event, but like if whatever lane I'm trying to go down, there are always key players that I have in mind. And so when I run into that person, I already know who you are. So it's like I already know who I'm giving my card to. I already know what I'm I'm doing. And there are times when I ran into people and they're like, oh, wait, like they wouldn't necessarily remember me, but they would see the logo and they would be like, oh, wait, 
No, I remember y'all. I, I've seen it somewhere before. So like that's the biggest that's the biggest like pat on the back to me because that was that was a plan from the jump. Like I was like I don't want to be the face. I want to create a logo that's going to stand out on its own that we can continue to play with, do whatever we want to. But I want this to stand out because when you get a million cards, nobody's going to care. So it's like I want something that's going to be able to stand on its own. But to go back to your you know back to your question, I think I didn't care as much then. Um, for one reason or another, but now I feel like I care a little more, but I wish I could channel like 15 year old me and just be like, fuck it, let's go do it. You know what I mean? And I think now it's kind of, I think, I think you, too. Do you think it's, it's that way you, you, you feel that for lack of a better word, um, that anxiety because you feel like more is riding on, on those connections now or because it's like at, at that point, you know, at 14, you're like, all right, I'm going to just you know, I'm going to email everybody. So right. I'm going to throw it at the wall and see what sticks. Right, right. But now you're a bit more methodical. Do you, do you think that plays a, a part in that? I don't know if that's necessarily it. I know, if, I know like it's more of like a safety net kind of thing because it's like, okay, I'm 14, 15. I know I'm going to college. Like, this doesn't really matter. Now it's like, you got to eat. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you still got to, you still got to make some bread. So it's not like you can just sit down and keep doing it. Plus, like, also, I think as you get older, it's like, I'm a grown man. Like, emailing another grown person 18 times is just kind of like, all right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's yeah, too much. After, after the fourth time, it becomes spam. Yo, does it really? <laughs> it depends on your sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and then things that I've learned, you know, along the way, too, just from, like, emailing and stuff like that, too. Like, you never want to put an attachment in your very first email to a person that's never emailed. Like, you've never responded, yeah. like, had any kind of correspondence with. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So, little things like that, you learn along the way. So, yeah. you know what I mean? For me, even go learn along the way, too, is, like, even, like, before you even send that business emails, even try to make an attempt to build that relationship, right? Like, first. You know, just because you get a lot further ahead if that person feels like they know you and they have, like, some type but, of... But, see, here's the thing, though, and I think that this is something that I'm sure people still battle with today. I still battle with it today. Mm-hmm. And especially when it comes to the music industry. I think everybody's so arrogant. Like, I think everybody feels like they're the shit. So if you're coming to me for something, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be like, I'll get to this shit like, and like, I'm gonna play you just like, like everybody played me when I was on my come up. That's whack. And it is whack. And I was like, and I don't treat people or shit like that either. Like, if people ask, email me, ask me about some shit, I'm gonna respond. Like, yeah. I'll always respond. Like, it's never, it's never a thing of like, oh, well, I'm here, you here, so. Right. There's nothing we can do for each other, so why? You know what I mean? I think that that's the problem with the music industry now, especially on the the more urban side of of things. Is that I think everybody's kind of there. There were more gatekeepers then. It's less now because of the power of the internet, where their roles don't really mean as much. Right. But it's still hard if you're trying to get um, if you're trying to get in those buildings. It's still hard. So. Um, right. You know, I mean, it's tough. Like, I think, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, I feel like I met, I met Lenny S from Rock Nation in March. And no, actually, I met him before that. I met him like last, probably like a year ago now. And I feel like he doesn't realize how much it meant to me when I met him. So, like, this is a dude I was emailing like a million times when I was in like high school. You know what I'm saying? So, to finally meet him and then running him a bunch of different times now, like seeing him around and shit. Like, and then the advice that he gave me was just like, yo, like, it really meant a lot. So, like, this is a dude that, like, he, his name was on the back of 
CD covers, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, and I would look up those names and then try to figure out how, you know, that company system was and just figuring out, you know, the emails and just putting it together. Yeah, he's the, he's the man. I'm still waiting to, you know, get at that, uh, get on that cold couch. You know yeah, man, I told him, I was like, when I met him, I was like, yo, like, I'm trying to, I was like, yo, like, I gotta get on that gold couch. He's like, yo, man, he's like, yo, it's not even that serious. Like, he's like, it's like, he's like, yo, you gonna get on that gold couch. That's and I was like, and I did, and when I made it up there, I was like, yo, like this was like that was a little moment that was like, this is what I've been doing this shit for. Journey. So yeah. tell, so tell me, uh, like private party, like what directionality will you be taking it into um, in now? The next couple of months, coming here. Um, now we see the management. The management game is strong. Yeah, you know, no, the management. Because you, because you know, you you've had some success uh, with with your with your clientele. <laughs> yeah, and just you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just pairing it. I mean, it's tremendous. Like you know, just looking at Fab and like I really enjoy going on her Instagram and you know, it's inspiring to me to see those those um earmarks that she's making. You know, because I was right? I was at the I believe I was at the first. Um, her first DJ outing, if if I'm not mistaken, where where we were at Mile High, and was it Mile High? Yeah, like one of Mile High parties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, like so you know, just to see her starting out there, and then it's like, all right, so boom, she's doing this, and then you know, she's at like La Marina now. She's starting to make her right. way, her way right. around. She it's like, like okay, with that cold, right, or something like that. Well, that was like, yeah, the cold thing last week, right? You know what I'm saying? And after that, you know, it's like boom. With essence, it's like all right, you know, there's there's a there's a forward trajectory, but more than that, there's a hand in the shadows that's you know moving right the the, the pieces forward. Yeah, so. I mean, and I think one of the things I love about about Fab is that it's really been a team effort. You know what I mean? And I think now, I mean, just in general, when talking to different clients and things like that, it's more of like. I feel like the older minded people and not necessarily just old in age, but like think old, yeah. the people that think the old way, they're kind of like, look, you're the manager. You make everything happen. But to me, it's like, that's not how things work oh, now. Right. It's like, look, if you're, if your grandmother is the owner of Sylvia's restaurant on 125th, that's a resource that you have that I don't have. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, we have to pull together our resources. Exactly. I can put everything together to figure out how exactly. we want to use all of our resources. Yeah, and then we're going to make it happen. So, you know, so like there are times when like I've dealt with certain people and they've been like, oh yeah, like I know um, the dude that runs uh, Air Jordan in Chicago or some shit. And he's like, anytime I come out there like weekend, you know, I can do something. And he's like, oh yeah, and I know this person that does this and I know this person that's at Spotify and I know this person here and all this other shit. So I'm like, so why are you still in a predicament where you like, you don't know, a lot of people have so many contacts, especially in New York. You got a lot of contacts, uh-huh. but don't know how to use them shits. Yeah, like right. you're just waiting on people Yo, I think to hit you know, without free to ask. Yeah, I mean, but the but the thing is too, and this is what this is one of the things I love. I met Chance and Chance the rapper. I met Chance in two thousand and twelve. Met Chance in two thousand and twelve at a show in Chicago. And one of the things I learned about Chance, I didn't know. Like I've ran into Chance three different times since then, mm-hmm. and I still, you know, like oh yeah, you know, because I, I wish him the best. Like I knew him before he really like where is where he's at now, yeah. and. One of the things that I love and I that I realized about Chance is that Chance, even how big he is now, he still pitches the companies. So I don't know if you've seen the Kit Kat commercial he just did, but he pitched that to them. That new era shit, his hats, all other shit, he pitched that to them. Like a lot of people have the pull, but they're not pitching nobody. 
And then I think a lot of times it comes down to the fact that it's like they don't have the creativity either. Absolutely. They don't have that creative or the mind. Team, the team to even assist. Or the team. Look, but you just said it was so key, man, because I firmly believe that your smart man creates his own love. You know what I mean? And people don't people think sometimes these situations fall into their hands and just well, they just fall into their hands. They don't know that you really have to be intentional on making these things happen and putting these plays together. You want right. you want that you want to work with that brand, you should be hitting that brand up, you should be pitching them, you should be trying to you should be trying your hardest and doing what you gotta do to connect with someone with that brand and come together and, and make a move. Like right. everything has to be intentional. People forget that. Right. And I think a lot of times, especially with these influencers, and this is why I thought the influencer business was about to be like booming and then when I actually started getting closer to it I was like it's not going anywhere because all these influ- all these influencers are trying to do is wait for somebody to cut them a check that's what can and you can't you can't you can't wait for somebody to cut you a check like you have to go out and be proactive and then the thing is and I spoke to Jonathan of Blavity about it he was like you know this whole thing about influencers is like what happens when you get too old and these companies feel like you're not relevant anymore what do you and, do? And interestingly enough, that that too old can literally be in six months. Right. You know, for right. <laughs> right. You can be yeah. moving in another direction that six months and you're, and you're, go, and you're gone. Right. You know? I mean, and I think, I think that that's the problem. And I think what I realized, what got me back into managing is because all managing is, is allowing for me to be creative. And I always say, I don't work with anybody that I don't have a vision for. For Fab, I had a vision. I knew that there was a certain level of shit that I wanted to do, and I saw it with her because she was open-minded. It was like, I don't care. Like, I'm down. Mm-hmm. And we were on the same page, and I was like, all right, cool. Like, if you want to listen, then we can, then we can make something happen. And I think that's what we wanted to do because my concept for Fat from the jump was that I had a problem with the fact. First of all, I, like, I prefer working with women over men any day. Because I think men get caught up in the ego and all this other kind of shit. Like, nobody wants to listen to each other. Like, I don't got time for all that. True. But I think when with Fab, it's like, and one of the biggest things, uh, biggest problems I have still to this day, and I think Fab and I are going to change it, is the fact that it's like, why do we not have any legendary women DJs? Like, where's the woman Where's the woman Jazzy Jeff equivalent? Where's the woman? Like, we, got, we got a few. Like, you know, you got like uh, Jazzy Joyce. I was gonna say, I was gonna say Spinderella. You know, Spinderella. Um, we've had women DJs. Legendary. We don't have legendary. Like, I feel like Spinderella is the only legendary that's been around DJ that we have. Yeah, yeah, we have women DJs on the come up. That could be on that cusp. What's the other one? You got um, Diamond Cuts. I think she's still in Diamond Philly. Cuts. I mean, there's a lot of women. Yeah. There's a lot yeah, of women. But you, you know what? Kiana. I, you are right. Parks. You right. are right. The women have have been underrepresented in the um, in the DJ yeah, world, yeah, and, yeah. and I think that there are a lot of women that are still out here doing it now, but they don't got me. So that's yeah, how, yeah, that's yeah. the difference. And I think that when it comes down to it, like I I started out like I think the reason why we work is because my background is in marketing. I know how to tell a story. I know how to get from point A to point B and how to sell this to people. Mm-hmm. So if I know that and I have a vision for you, we can make this happen. Like I don't need, and I think for a lot of times, like people are looking for a manager just to get them more opportunities. For me, a lot of times, it's like we got to go do three different things to get that one result. But that one result is going to be way bigger than any result that anybody else got. Word. So everything we did over the summer with Fab happened and then Essence happened. So it's like all that stuff had to happen before we could get there. It's chess. You know what I mean? It's not checkers. I'm not just going to yeah. go knock on the door and be like, oh, hey, Pepsi, cut me a check. Right. And I think that's the problem with a lot of people now is that people want the check, but they're not, they're not thinking like 
chess. It takes a lot of other moves to get to Absolutely. that one big move. So, are you um, open to? Um, are you in a phase right now? Are you open to more clients? Are you looking for more? Oh, clients? most definitely. I'm actually. I've actually been working on a project with a new artist named Danny Adams. And we're actually gonna put it out next month. Dope. And he is an R&B singer from New uh, from New York, from the Bronx. Dope, dope. And um, we're gonna uh, we're working with a couple people right now on, on how we're gonna release it. But Danny is really dope. The project is called Going Going dope. EP, okay. and um, we're gonna start that rollout soon. Um, there's another group in Brooklyn named Meridian Lights, and they're really like the yeah. Meridian Lights. Yeah, Meridian Lights is really dope. Um, and there's a couple other people that I'm looking at um, that I think are really, really dope. I think I started trying to get into the sports world. And then now it's like, I feel like I've just come. I, think, I feel like it was just time for me to come home. You know, what I, mean? like, I feel like my time, my, my background is in music. So it's like, why well, keep fighting it? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, this is, a, this is a time where you really can really break out mm-hmm. with an open-minded artist. Somebody that's trying to do something completely different. And that's all I've wanted to do is find people that are trying to do open-minded things, think outside the box. So that's how I think. So I want to be around other people that are trying to do different things and do things differently and get some results and get paid in the meantime. So that's the that's what comes down to. What's great about that too, man, will make you just an uh, um, ideal partner just off the way you're talking for artists and creators. Because even like um, I was telling people the other day, um, like when Lil Dicky was on the Breakfast Club and shit, he was saying like, um, artists now should even be signed to to agencies rather than labels, right? Because now it's about marketing, not making money off the music, per right. Se, right? Right. It's about marketing. You need to sign to somebody who's gonna be able to creatively, um, um, collaborate with you to 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 put out your project, you right? Know? And then the music will speak for itself. People like it or whatnot, like right. it or not. And um, what you're building right now, I can see you being one of the you know the um, front runners. In that regard, so, so I mean, I think I think even and not to my own horn, I feel like I am a front runner now. Like I remember, I remember speaking to one of the dudes that worked. He's one of Kanye's head designers, and I met with him like months later. Okay. And he was like, he was like, look, I'm starting a new. He's starting this new shit, whatever, and I, I he will soon. And he was like, look, like I need somebody that's really about this branding and marketing because he's like, all I do is graphics. Like, I don't know how to get it out there. But he's right. like, but you know how to get it out there. Right. And I was like, look, I told him, I was like, look, honestly, I was like, I'm just as good as Virgil. The only thing is that I just haven't had that platform. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't have a Kanye yet. Right, right. But Too. I was like, but well, I can do everything. Like, Virgil ain't doing nothing groundbreaking. Like, mm-hmm. all he's doing is, is he knows the moment. He knows his artist. And he knows where they're trying to go. That's it. Like honestly, marketing and branding really isn't that hard. But I mean, maybe it's just not that hard to me. But I think that it's just like you gotta just understand. You have to understand people. You have to understand how people operate, mm-hmm. and you have to understand where your client or your artist is trying to go, what they want to do, and figure out how to how to bridge that gap and do it differently. Like I think uh, one thing I have to commend them on, and I'm pretty sure Virgil was behind it, is the whole shit that they've done with. Life of Pablo um, now with the tour. Like the fact that he completely deconstructed the whole concept of like what a stage and a stage presence looks like. Like my man is like little like I'm just gonna float over the like I'm just gonna float over the crowd. And he's gonna sell out every night. 
Just, just, I'm pretty, he probably did. Just off that general admission alone, he probably did. And I mean, and the fact that you got LeBron down there in the in the pit, yeah. whatever, with kids. You right. know what I mean? The fact that you got all these people down there in the pit with these. I was like, that is the most amazing thing. And why it's smart because also you design the merchandise, and you know, people are gonna go there looking like you know with the Kanye aesthetic, most likely the kids, right? Yeah, right. So when you put them there, it really looks like the scene from the. And Matrix Revolutions were there in the you know what I'm talking right. about? Like right. I can see I see I could see Kanye's vision where you know from the clothing to how he designed his tour, like right. so. I mean and I think the biggest thing and I feel like a lot of a lot of our people talk about, oh, you know, pushing the culture forward, shit like that. To me it's more so about giving really dope artists that would get overlooked the platform to do what they can do on a really big major scale like Danny is like really like he wrote produced edited fucking recorded his whole shit you know what I mean like his whole thing was all him and he is really dope Meridian Lights Meridian Lights is amazing too and I think that from there like I think that they now just like they just need somebody that's gonna come in and put the pieces together and you know there are a lot of people in the city that talk about how they connect dots but it's like, but connecting, just connecting people doesn't make anything happen. Like, I think you've got to connect people and connect situations with a goal in mind, with a vision in mind. And I think a lot of times people aren't necessarily going into things with a vision. And, um, yeah, so that's what I said. I don't work on things that I don't have or with people that I don't necessarily have a vision Guys, for it. We got some, um, I got some shows coming up, so we'll talk to Okay. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, man, that's a... That's dope. So, um, besides working with the artists, is there anything um, special you have coming up next that you want to announce or anything? Um, I don't think there's anything in particular that we're working on. I mean, Fab's got a, a bunch of different things that um, she's doing now. Um, our next, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think the biggest thing now is just really working on building up my roster and building up the roster of people and, and clients that I want to work with um, because that means everything like i i want to have some really dope acts and be like look like let's make this happen and let's do it and i think i've built up relationships enough um to to the point where we can go make something happen and i think one of the biggest things that i've found having um had success in has been doing for people first you know what i mean and and offering something first saying when i want to come down to it i need something back I can get something back. And most people are more open to opening relationships or opening or having conversations with you when you're offering to help, mm-hmm. when you're offering to help first. And I think a lot of times people kind of have it backwards, like everybody's so set on, here's what I want from you. And it kind of goes back to two dope boys. I and mean, I'm bringing it full circle is like, everybody's so focused on what I want from you, but you're going to get more out of business and life if you go into it asking how you can help them, how you can use your talents to help them um, get in the door and, and do other things. And I think as an entrepreneur, you have to you have to help. And I think you also have to have, I think just like kind of where we are right now in the world in general, I think we all kind of have to have more compassion towards people in general. You know what I mean? And there are a lot of people that I see out all the time that you know I'm cool with and see them at events all the time. And sometimes you tend to forget that it's like there's a life outside of this business shit there's a there's a life outside of this you know what I mean so you know always asking you know how are people's families doing you know if they got kids you know how so and so or how you know whatever because you never know you know what I mean you never know and I think that's like kind of keeping that 
in the back of your mind and it's like and also not taking it personally when people don't necessarily get back to you you know like you never really know what's going on in people's lives and mm-hmm. and what's going on and, and nothing personal in this business don't take it personal and i think too it's like don't be afraid to to reach out and be proactive and i think when you do reach out reach out with a purpose and um you know and i said and using chance as an example like you know always have something in mind and i think like if you have an idea like we sitting here right now it's like look like we want to do some shit with snickers because we want to work with snickers for x y and z reason and it's like okay how can we position ourselves to be able to make this happen with snickers but i can guarantee you that whatever we do with snickers isn't going to look like anything else anybody else has ever done with that brand either mm-hmm. but, and that's and that's kind of been the toughest part for me is because my ideas have kind of been so out there that I've kind of had to like hone it in because it's been too far thinking for the people we were trying to pitch it to yeah, you gotta like break your idea like yeah you gotta break it down yeah. it's like you can't give everybody everything right, right, right. the first time so that's um I mean I guess those little tidbits of advice I would you know I would give people but I think you know when it comes down to being an entrepreneur in general I think don't become an entrepreneur. Well, if you're going to become an entrepreneur, be ready to take a hit. Like being an entrepreneur, honestly, is like you're going to get up and get punched in the face every day, but you got to get up that next day and still be ready to fight. And I think like that's what it is. Like you have to be able to ready. You have to be ready to take a hit financially, emotionally. And this is this is what it is. And it's like, you know, and you're dealing with a lot of people that um you know i think the million dollar question for entrepreneurs moving forward um is going to be is going to be that like so what i learned one time in college is a friend of mine um she's an actress and she told me in college she was like look you're never going to get anywhere in music doing this shit part-time when there are people that you're competing against that are doing this shit full-time and when she told me that, that completely changed my mindset on shit because then I was like, when I graduate, I got to do this shit full time because I can't do this shit part time. I've already been doing this shit part time with school right. since forever. Now it's like I got to do this shit full time if I'm out here trying to play with Lenny and all of them. You know what I'm saying? If I'm trying to compete with them, I got to be doing this shit full time. And I think where I think and especially I've seen it a lot in New York and I'm pretty sure it probably goes on a, a lot around the country is just seeing where how people are going to be able to maneuver in a situation where a lot of people are only doing what their passion is part time. Mm-hmm. So in the sense of in the and I, I say that to say it's like there are a lot of people who are don't get me wrong, there's no there's no fault in making money somewhere else to put it into your passion. But if you're not making any money off that passion, then we can't do business. Because how am I going to try to make money with somebody that's not even making money off what they claim to be making money off of? Mm-hmm. So I think the next generation of entrepreneurs are going to have to navigate and figure out how you can make you can make money with people who may be amazing at throwing events or be amazing with merch or doing whatever. And then when you actually look at it, these people are breaking even or they're not really doing it to make money. They only doing it because that's their passion project. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be where it's like, that's the million dollar question because there's so many people running around the city that are like, oh yeah, yeah, like I, I fucking got this million dollar hat company. And then when you look at it and it's like, you know, you actually ask them about the numbers, then it's like, wait, 
that doesn't, yeah, I was like, wait, that doesn't make sense. Like, I don't actually have a running, like, an actual real business. (laughs) Right. So I think that when you you look at it that way, that's going to be the biggest thing. And it's, like, really not looking at... um, people for for i guess instagram value you know what i mean and looking at what they're doing there and seeing what's going on because a lot of stuff that's going on now that you know that we're working on yeah like all that stuff is perception and then you look at the stuff that we work on now and that stuff's up there instagram is not a source ladies and gentlemen for um measuring your life progress because everybody's a millionaire on the gram right (laughs) right so you know, I mean, and a lot of people go to these events just to stunt and, and do all this shit. And I'm like, if I'm in a room, I'm trying to make a move. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So it's like a lot of that stuff and being in New York has been amazing. And, and you know, going out to L.A. Is a, is a completely different ball game. But I think that it's like you can kind of I think what I would like people to kind of get out of my story is that you can really start from anywhere at any point, literally like any point in your life. And if you want it enough in the sense that it's like you're willing to do all the shit that you don't want to do on a regular basis, then I think you'll be all right. And I think people want to like stay in their comfort zone and still get success. And you can't like I think like like I think everybody's journey is different because because everybody's life is different one. But I think everybody everybody's um everybody's sense of comfort is different. And I think um, the world is going to push you to grow in whatever way that is for you. So you've got to get out of your comfort zone. You've got to do all the shit you don't want to do on a regular basis. And I think then your chances of winning are probably going to increase exponentially. Yo, that's you fire. Have it, yo. There you have it. Yo. Gabriel's definitely one of the entrepreneurs I'm excited to see his growth and everything he does in the future. Yo. So I am I too. Thank you again for coming on board, bro. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. should I shout out the, the Yo, absolutely. Instagram or whatever? So our Instagram is uh, our, O-U-R, private, uh, P-R-V-T, party, P-R-T-Y. That's on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And then my personal Instagram is uh, one name like Prince. So that's all one word. Uh, one name like Prince is my personal uh, Instagram. So, I mean, yeah, like, people can get in touch if they would like. If y'all know any artists that are really dope, let me know, too, because that would help. And um, that's yeah, that's basically it. Yo, Gabriel, and thank you for coming through, blessing us with some of this uh, knowledge, and uh, good luck on the rest of your journey. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. We'll definitely be following up, and we'll probably working too. Oh, we will. You know, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> like we always say at this time, stay driven. Stay driven. Yeah, bro. Good.